America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day despite the fact that the war in Ukraine goes on. Uh, more atrocious behavior. I was about to say atrocities, but not really atrocities. Just destructive uh, and vicious and totally immoral and unacceptable behavior by the Russian invaders now joined by the Belarusian invaders with a long convoy from Belarus what did Ukraine ever do to Belarus which is a separate nation it of course is a nation that is uh, headed by an evil dictator who is a puppet for Putin himself, Alexander Lukashenko, whose uh, regime was tottering in the face of a, a truly fraudulent election recently. So uh, right now it's Belarus uh, and uh, Russia against the world. Uh, there's a um, powerful piece by uh, a leader in the Eurasia Group. We've had Ian Bremmer, who is a founder of Eurasia Group, saying that the best thing the United States should do right now is stand aside and let Putin destroy himself. There is also a piece by a British observer who says that uh, Putin is, uh, is mad and gives all the evidence of someone who, uh, by the way, is taking destructive drugs uh, and is, if any of this true, and if it is true, is that good news or bad news? I'll tell you what's bad news is there was a news anchor on uh, Russian TV, a state TV, basically, that uh, his name is Dmitry Kiselyov, and he told viewers all across Russia's 11 time zones that the West, yes, that means you and me, wherever we live in the United States, would be blown to smithereens. I don't know how you say smithereens in Russian, but that's what he was talking about. The West would be blown to smithereens, quote, with more than 500 nuclear warheads if it continued to threaten Moscow. So the fact that they believe that what has happened so far is threatening Moscow, certainly threatening Moscow's economy, uh, does this mean a reshaping of the entire world economy and perhaps a, a little bit of a pull back from the uh, war that has been going on on the left against uh, fossil fuels and um, maybe changing the uh, policies of the United States and other Western nations uh, to encourage more production of fossil fuels? We'll talk about that and more about general strategy with David Frum a little bit later on this show. David Frum, former speechwriter for George W. Bush, he coined the phrase axis of evil. Uh, is there an axis of evil now that includes what? Uh, Russia and Belarus? That's uh, different. Uh, we will get to that with David Frum. We will also be speaking to uh, a young woman who has a chance of shaking up the world big time. Why? Because she is running for the U.S. Senate in the state of Washington. She is a mainstream conservative Republican, 
And according to two different polls, she's basically tied with the forever senator in Washington state. Though no one's paying attention to this in the media, but we are very glad that we are. We're going to be speaking with Tiffany Smiley, who uh, is, uh, has a heroic story about helping her severely wounded husband come back from his wounds in Iraq and uh, and has become a very prominent activist in behalf of veterans' rights and veterans' affairs. Uh, there was today a, um, a, a, a press conference, and it's a, a, a very good idea to do this, to set up what I think is going to be a display of unity uh, tonight with the State of the Union. And this doesn't mean unity with, uh, for instance, what the Democrats tried to do last night was to pass a sweeping abortion bill that would have basically codified Roe v. Wade, had best, would have uh, overturned through federal fiat the attempts by various states, including new attempts in Arizona and, and across the country, to actually push abortion regulation in the direction of a Mississippi law, which is about to be adjudicated uh, by the Supreme Court of the United States. That's going to be happening in June. In any event, last night the Democrats uh, just did a show vote to try to mobilize the pro-abortion votes out there to try to help restore their strategies uh, and their position in this election. Uh, they lost, and by the way, Joe Manchin voted what I consider to be right on this together with the Republicans in defense of our normal constitutional processes. In any event, uh, today there was a, a speech, uh, a, a press conference, by led by a Republican congresswoman who, frankly, I think most people have never heard of. Uh, she was just elected in 2020. Her name is Victoria Sparts, and uh, she was born in Ukraine, got advanced universities degrees in Ukraine, uh, met an American soldier uh, who became her husband in 2000. She became a U.S. citizen in 2006. She is now a Republican, a Tea Party Republican, as she describes herself, uh, from Indiana. She won a narrow race last time. I think with the leadership she's showing right now, her victory should be much more substantial this time. Victoria Sparks, Republican Indiana. She was born in Ukraine, uh, educated, raised there, came to the United States when she was 20. She uh, had some words for Vladimir Putin in this press conference with her fellow Republicans in the House. Listen, this, this is, is uh, Victoria Sparks. This is it genocide of the Ukrainian people by a crazy man who cannot get over that Ukrainian people do not want socialism, Soviet Union, communists. They want to be with the United States of America. They want to be free people, but they want to be with the West. And he cannot get over. And they're killing women and children. They do doing the bombs, vacuum bombs carpet bonds they, I mean they are using illegal weapons they now have special groups that trying to kill women and children tied to ex expect to Western Ukraine 
I called my friend and she said she was able to get out. Her friend was trying to get out. She saw a woman in the gas station get shot with her children with machine guns. So she stayed in the city. They are leveling the cities to the ground, destroying the people. They are slaughtering them like in animals. They are killing the people. It is not a war. It is a genocide because we have a crazy man that believes that he has the whole world hostage. And th then she said what was at stake in the war. This is Congresswoman Victoria Sparks, Republican of Indiana. I mean, we have not just a moral duty. We are the leaders of the free world. We want to, this is going to be the biggest genocide that ever this world experienced. And they're not asking them to fight for us, but they ask us to help, to become serious, that they have ability to defend themselves that actually they need to understand that we're serious about the sanction, not do a little bit here, maybe we'll just do a little bit this oligarch, this is it, that we're serious. And I can tell you one thing, if we don't stop him there, he is not going to stop. He is going to go further. And then we'll have to send our children to die to fight this. That's uh, Congresswoman Victoria Sparks, Republican of Indiana. Uh, there will be support for President Biden, I assume, in his State of the Union tonight on the issue of Ukraine. What about other crucial issues? There is one other where there is a possibility, at least for some agreement, maybe not full agreement, but uh, some common interest. We will get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. Michael Medved show uh, just looking at some of the breaking news and some of the comparisons that are necessary for context about what is going on right now and how extraordinary it all is uh, first of all the idea that uh, that the invasion has gone at all the way that uh, Vladimir Putin wanted it to go is is ridiculous it has not gone that way the overall death tolls from the fighting remain unclear report multiple sources but a senior Western intelligence official who had been briefed by multiple intelligence agencies around the world estimated today that more than 5,000 Russian soldiers had been captured or killed so far okay let's get some context here how many people did America lose in the Iraq war? And by the way, the death toll is horrible. I'm not trying to minimize American suffering or the sacrifices of those families who had soldiers who were killed or wounded in Iraq, but the Iraq war went on for seven years and there were 4,400 uh, Americans who sacrificed their lives in Iraq in seven years. And we are talking about less than a week, obviously, and 5,000 Russian soldiers captured or killed so far. Uh, that's extraordinary. I mean, aside from the fact, and, and this is something we're going to be talking about later with David Frum, but the 
collapse of the Russian economy, the collapse of the value of the ruble. Uh, what you're looking at is an overall collapse over the last couple of weeks of the value of the ruble as opposed to the dollar or the euro or other currencies in the world. A, a collapse of the ruble that means that uh, two-thirds of the money you thought you had is gone. Now, for a country that isn't that wealthy anyway, this is this is devastating stuff, and and it is appalling. Uh, this is a Pentagon spokesman, John Kirby. You know him. He's talking about the Russian push to Kiev and the kind of resistance that Putin did not expect. This is clip one. We continue to see Russian forces try to move closer to so they can move on Kiev from the ground. We still assess that they're uh, outside the city center, um, and uh, but uh, what we know uh, clearly that uh, they have they have uh, intentions with respect to Kyiv. What we also have seen is Ukrainians resisting quite effectively um, around Kyiv and continuously. Uh, they, they have made it uh, a tough slog for the Russians uh, to move f further south. I'm wondering if there's anything that the Pentagon has seen regarding any changes in their nuclear posture at all. I have nothing to confirm these reports that they've changed their staffing. What I would tell you is we've seen Mr. Putin's announcement. Uh, we believe it's as unnecessary as it is escalatory, but uh, we're reviewing and analyzing that, uh, that announcement. Okay, and that goes along with the claim by the government spokesman, otherwise known as a news anchor, Dmitry Kastelyov, that uh, Russia was preparing to blow the West to smithereens with more than 500 nuclear warheads. Uh, for people who are concerned about global warming, who are concerned about climate change, uh, the explosion of 500 nuclear warheads w would not be a good thing. This would not be a good thing. I all. have a plan. Uh, I'm not sure he can have a plan for that. Uh, there's also this, and, and again, you have to look for moments of encouragement and inspiration wherever you can find them. And very often you can find them with Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of uh, Ukraine, who has become a world hero. He spoke by uh, electronic connection, by Zoom or Internet, to the European Parliament and uh, said this and listened to the response. 14. So do prove that you are with us. Do prove that you will not let us go. Do prove that you indeed are Europeans. And then life will win over death and light will win over darkness. Glory be to Ukraine. Okay, most importantly, that preceded a vote. The European Parliament accepted Ukraine's application filed yesterday to join the European Union. The European Parliament voted yes uh, to work towards granting Ukraine the status of an EU member. 637 yes, 13 were against, uh, 26 abstained. Uh, that seems to be a very clear victory. 
The other item that is remarkable is the the Kremlin uh, decided to hit uh, the leading TV tower in Ukraine, and a result of that strike, that missile strike, was a destruction of the leading Holocaust museum in Ukraine. And it's it's fascinating that, of course, Putin claimed he was making this uh, invasion to denazify uh, the Ukrainian regime, which is headed by a very popular right now. And by the way, he, he won. He won re-election, Zelensky, by overwhelming margins in a country that has not been known for being philo-Semitic or particularly welcoming to Jewish people. And again, the change in the Ukrainian populace who is, seems to be identified with values that America has upheld, uh, the, the museum that was destroyed or at least severely damaged because the Russian strike was a museum about the slaughter at Babiar, which took place in September of 1941. It was the largest... Uh, in-person slaughter of the war. Uh, in Auschwitz, of course, it was mechanized over days and days. This unfolded in two days. 34,000 Jews were basically lined up in a gully and in trenches and shot. And uh, they, there was no attempt, really, even to keep it uh, particularly secret. And this is something that the communist regime in Russia, for all of its uh, horrors, had actually called attention to and commemorated. Uh, there's a famous piece of classical music in the world of classical music right now. Uh, Russian conductors like Valery Gergeyev, who is a friend of Putin's, a buddy of his, having their concerts canceled. And that also goes to people in the world of sports. But... In any event, the uh, symphony by Shostakovich, who's a leading Russian composer of the Soviet era, uh, this um, museum to commemorate the souls who were taken at Babi Yar, now a casualty of war. Uh, but more coming up on The Medved Show. On the uh, Michael Medved Show, 1-800-955-1776 uh, is our phone number. Uh, the, the one thing that I have been wondering about, and maybe you can help me with your calls, is that if you look all around the world, I mean, there's a big piece today about the um, extreme right-wing parties like the uh, Alternatives for Germany, the AFD, uh, Alternativen für Deutschland, uh, the right-wing party, a lot of people say neo-Nazi party in Germany has been big fans of Putin, big fans. Uh, the uh, Lega Nord, uh, the, the Northern League party in Italy uh, has been big fans of Putin. In fact, one of its leaders, uh, Mario Salvini, uh, even had um, attended European Parliament meetings with a, a picture of Putin on his T-shirt. Uh, 
and none of these traditional Putin fans have stuck with him. Uh, the uh, the people who were attending that uh, America First uh, a political action conference that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene spoke at where they chanted, Russia, 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 right after Nick Fuentes was praising Adolf Hitler and was questioning why it was that people thought there was anything bad about comparing Putin to Hitler. They began chanting, Russia, 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 Putin, Putin, Putin. Okay, people like that, at this point, has that changed at all? The um, the press is reporting that a lot of these ultra-right-wing leaders, and I don't know if it's even right to call them right-wing, because uh, Putin's not a right-winger. He's not a left-winger. He's just an evil winger. And uh, But have people out there at all begun to reconsider some of your... Uh, estimates of Vladimir Putin, if you were sympathetic to him before. 1-800-955-1776. I would certainly hope so. But uh, there was this remark, and uh, it uh, it came from a, a pregnant Ukrainian journalist who was fleeing the violence to protect her family, she appeared on MSNBC. This is clip 17. We know that Vladimir Putin is trying to raise the stakes before the next round of talks um, with the Ukraine with uh, Ukraine that are set to happen tomorrow. So all of this bombing is an attempt just to pressure Ukraine to capitulate to his insane demands, his demands to basically abandon our sovereignty in order to become an appendage of Russia, which is something that Ukraine will never accept. I think just I, first emotion, I guess, is anger. Anger that somebody could just invade our country and do this to us. I think also a sense of unity, a sense of willingness to die for your freedom. Uh, that, that, it seems, that sense of unity and, and the unity among the Western powers. You look at the, the vote in the European Parliament, a 600... 37 yes, 13 against, to admitting Ukraine to the European Union, which is something that they've wanted for a while. Uh, that That is extraordinarily important. Now, meanwhile, things are even shifting. The, uh, the news reports indicate uh, in, in Russia itself, uh, there's... 6,000 Russian protesters have been arrested. And, okay, if that is even close to true, uh, think about, you know how many people we had this tremendously horrible event in, in American history, which was the sacking of our capital. How many people were arrested total after that? It's about 750, uh, over 200 of whom have pled guilty already. I'm talking about January 6th. And think about what that meant to our national psyche. What does it mean in Russia where when you get arrested, it's not a joke. Uh, your chances of getting, uh, basically having your life and your health and, and even your uh, continued participation in society, having that ruined. Uh, 
uh, that's uh, extraordinarily high. Uh, and 6,000 people arrested in Russia with uh, reports of uh, demonstrations coast to coast. Oh, and then there's this item that uh, I'm sure upsets uh, Vladimir Putin particularly. The International Judo Federation said in a statement that it was suspending Russian President Vladimir Putin as its honorary president and ambassador, uh, citing the ongoing war conflict in Ukraine. The judo organization, which brings together more than 200 national federations, said Friday it had canceled its Grand Slam event in Kazan, Russia, which was set to be held in May. Putin, who is 69, is a keen judoka and holds a black belt. He has co-written a book titled Judo, History, Theory, Practice. I think that's moving off the shelves right now. People are rushing out to get the, uh, the Vladimir Putin judo book. Uh, practice and uh, also it's, uh, he has starred in an instructional video titled, Let's Learn Judo with Vladimir Putin. Uh, that, maybe we should do a, a film review. Uh, but I, I'm not sure where you would actually get a copy or that I would want to be seen acquiring a copy right now. I mentioned before that it's, it's a very, very big deal when the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra and the world of classical music comes to New York. It didn't come last year where it normally does because of the COVID and the pandemic and the difficulties. But it was scheduled to have uh, four concerts at Carnegie Hall this year. And the Vienna Philharmonic, this great, great cultural institution, it was for a long time uh, directed by Gustav Mahler, the great composer at the turn of the last century in the 1890s and early 1900s. Uh, but the Vienna Philharmonic was going to be doing concerts with a very distinguished Russian conductor named Valery Gergeyev. Uh, Valery Gergiev has gone out of his way to issue support for Putin. He is a great favorite of Vladimir Putin, and Putin is a favorite of his. He thinks Putin is a great leader. He is being canceled all over the world, and they didn't want him to conduct the Vienna Philharmonic. It's not Americans who canceled him. It was the Austrian officials behind that orchestra. But part of what happened in, in that situation was he was replaced uh, by Yannick uh, Nazé Seguin, who is the conductor of the Philadelphia Orchestra. He is also conductor of the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. He is a very much rising conductor. He's French-Canadian. And uh, he also happens to be openly gay, which uh, is uh, probably a, a great insult, no doubt, to, uh, to President Putin who has tried to exploit that issue to win some sympathy or support in the West. We're going to be speaking with somebody who deserves sympathy and support and could change history. The United States Senate is tied right now. Uh, this change of one Senate seat could switch it to a Republican body. And all of a sudden, Washington State, they have moved the... Uh, predictions about this Senate battle, we'll be speaking to the Republican challenger who is soaring 
coming up on the Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Mike... show um there is the uh, another instance repeating yesterday yesterday we played some uh, for you of a, a an interpreter somebody who's supposed to be listening to uh Volodymyr Zelensky the president of Ukraine who's tra- was translating it into German and uh, just lost it entirely i mean she couldn't continue and that happened again today with uh, Zelensky speaking to the European Union, the European Union Parliament just voting to accept Ukraine's application to join the EU. A uh, translator this time into English uh, was overcome with emotion, which is kind of, a, uh, I think, a sign of what is sweeping the world in terms of revulsion to uh, the crimes of Vladimir Putin. Uh, Listen, this is clip 10. We are fighting just for our land and for our freedom. Despite the fact that all large cities of our country are now blocked, nobody is going to enter and intervene with our freedom and country. And believe you me, Every square of today, no matter what it's called, is going to be called, as today, Freedom Square. In every city of our country, nobody's going to break us. We're strong. We're Ukrainians. (laughs) It is impossible, it seems to me, uh, not to be moved. Will there be items in the State of the Union address tonight that are going to be similarly moving? Uh, Probably not, but one of the things that has been very positive is that uh, apparently uh, Biden himself and the people around him have indicated what they're going to try to do is to, as much as possible, go back to that theme of not just American unity, but world unity, Western unity, the unity of values that have come across. Um, and and if he does that, he should get a warm response. There, there's also an increasing statements by uh, people very important in the Republican hierarchy, including the leaders, uh, Kevin McCarthy and, uh, and Mitch McConnell, that uh, they are not going to try to create a partisan gang war over the new Supreme Court nominee. Uh, And her name, of course, is Katanji Brown-Jackson. And uh, uh, look, is she an ideal conservative jurist? No, but she used to clerk for Stephen Breyer. And she will probably be something of a replacement for Breyer, who was on the court, a consensus builder. That's what he tried to do from the left. And uh, Judge Brown Jackson, who really has, as did, by the way, Brett Kavanaugh, 
as did Neil Gorsuch, and certainly as did uh, Amy Coney Barrett, they also had a collection of people who had worked with them from every political perspective and uh, who vouched for their character, and that appears to be the case with, um, with Judge uh, Brown Jackson uh, as well. Uh, but uh, she will undoubtedly be invoked, probably introduced by the president uh, tonight. And one of the things that Trump, particularly in his last State of the Union, I believe it was his last, the one where he introduced Rush Limbaugh and uh, uh, gave Rush, may he rest in peace, a, um, a Medal of Freedom, had uh, his wife Catherine drape it around him at the State of the Union. That was an extremely memorable State of the Union address in the sense of very effective uses of uh, Americans and under others who the president wanted to honor. Uh, will Biden do the same thing tonight? It's hard to imagine that he won't. This is the D.C. police chief, whose name is Robert Conti, was talking about the rep preparations to secure the Capitol ahead of the State of the Union address tonight. This is clip three. While there is a possibility that some may come to our city with the intent of going beyond what is allowed as a constitutional right and seek to engage in unlawful acts or acts of civil disobedience, it is my hope that guests to our city will abide by the laws of the District of Columbia. I want to be very clear that we are prepared to take swift law enforcement actions for violations of our local and federal laws if necessary. MPD has worked with our regional partners on a layered mitigation strategy and will continue to monitor, assess, and make adjustments with our partners as necessary. And of course, this brings up the uh, memories of last January. It's just a little bit more than a year ago, a year and two months ago, uh, January 6th, when the Capitol building was attacked and breached, the very first one of those cases, the riot cases, to reach trial because there have been over 200 guilty pleas, people who have made basically plea deals, mostly on misdemeanors where people uh, are, are facing only months in prison or fines or, or reduced penalties. But this is a uh, trial. And the first trial for one of the hundreds of capital riot prosecutions began yesterday with jury selection starting Monday for the case against Guy Wesley Reffitt. The Texas man is uh, charged with uh, bringing uh, guns onto capital grounds, interfering with police officers guarding the building, and threatening his teenage children if they reported him to authorities. A refit is a member of a military-style group called the Three Percenters, according to prosecutors. The Three Percenters militia movement refers to the myth that only 3% of Americans fought in the Revolutionary War against the British. And that is a myth, uh, and it's based upon uh, John Adams' statement that the people were divided into three parts, not that it was 3%. He, he said that a, a third supported the crown, a third supported the patriots, and a third uh, were 
tried to stay uninvolved. On January 6, 2021, Refit was armed with a handgun in a holster on his waist, carrying zip-tie handcuffs and wearing body armor and a helmet, equipped with a video camera when he and others charged at police officers on the west side of the Capitol, according to the prosecutors. Quote, this action caused the police line guarding the building to retreat closer to the building itself soon after this law enforcement um, was overwhelmed and rioters flooded the building. Refit retreated only after an officer pepper sprayed him in the face, prosecutors said. They believe that Refit took at least two firearms with him to Washington, an AR-15 rifle and a Smith & Wesson pistol. When FBI agents searched Refit's home in Wiley, Texas, they found a handgun and a holster on a nightstand in the defendant's bedroom. Prosecutors say photos and video of Refit during the riot show a handgun holster on his right hip with what appears to be a silver object inside the holster. On the morning of January 6th, Refit said he planned to, quote, do the recon and then come back for weapons hot and sent messages about meeting at a rendezvous point, according to prosecutors. These messages, along with the weapons that uh, Refit carried and the gear that he wore, make it clear that the defendant did not come to D.C. with the intention to engage in peaceful activity. <laughs> well, the body armor is kind of an indication, too. A Justice Department says more than 235 rioters have been charged with assaulting or impeding law enforcement, injuring over 100 officers, rioters caused over $1 million in damage to the Capitol. The Justice Department says its investigation has generated an unprecedented volume of evidence with hundreds of thousands of documents and thousands of hours of videos to share with defense attorneys. Uh, shared files total more than nine terabytes of information and would take more than 100 days to view the department says. More than 750 people have been charged with federal crimes related to the riot. More than 200 of them have pleaded guilty, mostly to misdemeanors, carrying a maximum sentence of six months imprisonment. More than 100 riot defendants have been sentenced and at least 90 others have trial dates set this year. This is the first one and it's supposed to set a precedent. What kind of precedent can be set in actually winning control of the U.S. Senate? We will get to that and to more uh, in this greatest nation on God's green earth.